0: Hello, I'm Harry. Hello, I'm Rory, and you're listening to Games on Film.
1: Welcome to Games on Film, the podcast that celebrates video game movies, and we're here with episode 80, 80 episodes of video game movie excellence. Yes, I said the word excellence, <laughs> and today it's a special episode because you are not already just got my usual co-host. Introduce yourself, please. Hello, Rory. I'm the co-host. <laughs> you? Oh. Your co-host. Uh, I, well, I'm the prosecutor, and you must be the defense. <laughs> or does he do it the other way around? I don't
0: know. Does that mean we have to intro the judge that will oversee <laughs> the case that we present today? I expect so. Yes, we've got
1: a mediator in for today's <laughs> episode. We're tackling Ace Attorney, the film based on the Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney
0: games. And uh, yes, we're joined by a special guest. We're joined by Anthony Figueroa, translation localization specialist. Anthony, welcome to the podcast.
2: Yeah, thank you, Rory and Harry. Um, thank <laughs> you,
1: the defence. Thank you, the prosecution. We may now begin. We're going to have to decide, like, how many court puns we're going to do, and um, I feel like there's like we're allowed one objection at one point. I think because otherwise, <laughs> I mean, if there are no objections. Oh, did I just use it? I don't know.
2: <laughs> mm, mm, you know, I think I'm going to have to just have the little penalty uh, exclamation points up in the corner. And I'm just going to issue penalties <laughs> as we go uh, for each, <laughs> each uh, court related pun.
0: Yeah. All our lifelines will be exhausted very quickly, I imagine. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, you um,
1: are you were very much involved in the translation of one of the Felix Wright's games, I believe. Is that right?
2: Yeah, um, I, guess it,
1: I guess it depends if, you
2: know, I guess the purists probably wouldn't call it <laughs> part of the main canon timeline, but uh, I did work as a translator on the uh, uh, Phoenix Wright versus uh, Professor Layton uh, game by Capcom and level five. Uh, so yeah, that was fun. That was one of my first uh, game translation projects, and uh, I was really lucky to be working on it, considering I'm a huge fan of the Ace Attorney series and that kind of, Led me to get into localization. Funny enough, so
0: yeah. What other titles have you had your name to as well?
2: Yeah, so I've worked on a, a few. Um, so a lot of, did a lot of level five work. So worked on uh, Yokai Watch uh, two and three um, for the uh, the Nintendo three DS. Um, did some work on Fantasy Life uh, as mm-hmm. well. Um, there was a which game was it? Uh, Fatal Frame on the Wii U um oh worked
0: on that i'm looking one. forward they're bringing that to switch very soon aren't they because i missed it on yeah. wii u so i'm looking forward yeah to that.
2: yeah and it's funny i worked on it and 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 i missed out on it as well <laughs> so <laughs> um despite having a wii u uh but uh yeah that's coming out on switch i'm i'm kind of excited it'll it'll definitely yeah. take me back to to the voice recordings
1: <laughs> so does translating a game kind of ruin it for you i mean when i'm finished editing this podcast i want to just get rid of it and not think about it ever again um is it the same <laughs> it, that you the know s- it, it it can be um so um
2: i even with even with a game that i re- was really looking forward to to translating i usually my, my sort of general rule was the game comes out i buy it of course um if we're not you know if i'm not given a complimentary copy, which I, I can't say happens very often, but mm. um, and then I just sort of let it sit there for a good six months because you know the average translation project you know can be anywhere between nine to twelve to thirteen months depending on on the scope and you know what's involved. So you're you're sort of living and breathing this one game for that long, uh, even just even just playing regular games after work. It was just kind of um, one of those situations where I'd go home, say, you know what. I think I'm going to read a book. <laughs> I think I'm just going to do something just completely different from, from sitting down and, and playing a video game. Um, so yeah. Yeah.
1: I guess that's a long way of saying yes, Harry. Absolutely. <laughs> but it's funny. Like these of the games we're talking about, the Phoenix Wright games are extremely text heavy. They're mm-hmm. pretty much, they're pretty much, I want to say like virtual novels in many a way. Yeah. There's,
2: there's a lot of sort of crossover with the, the visual novel element to it. Right. Um, you know, It's sort of like a puzzle game plus visual novel. Um, And it's especially complicated now because, you know, not only text, but now you've got voice acting that you have to consider as well, um, which has its own uh, specific set of challenges um, that makes, you know, localizing text very difficult. I can't tell you how many times I've come up with, you know, me and the team, we come up with something. It's like, oh, this is great. This is a real, just this line, it's going to knock, it's going to knock them dead. It's going to be great. And we get to the studio, and it's like you need to trim this by about fifty percent. And we're just, yeah. you know, hand, you know, head and
0: hands. Just
2: no, it was <laughs> so good. And you know, you know, we do the best we can, but you know, it is disappointing.
0: <laughs> but I, th- I think particularly the Phoenix Wright games, they are they have a lot of humor, they have a lot of character to them. So it must be like a real pleasure to kind of work on something like that, where you're allowed to have a bit of you know, sort of creativity, maybe a little creative license in terms of, you know, because Japanese as a language is not so easy to sort of translate in a kind of one-to-one consistency um, in terms of, like, getting the sort of sentences and words exactly. So in a way, you kind of, by nature of translating it, you have to have a bit of creative license with it. And I can imagine that those games as well as like Professor Layton as a, as a series in terms of the crossover as well, there must be just like a lot of fun to be had trying to get at the heart of the character while also thinking of what the English language or Western equivalent of that persona would be.
2: Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, you know, it, it, I, I think the, the one of the parts um, in particular, if we're talking Ace Attorney, um, like you said, you know, there's a lot to be, a lot of fun to be had specifically with the characters um, you know, not only the way they sort of express themselves and talk, um, you know, with their puns and their just various expressions, uh, the names, uh, I think if I had to go back and remember, you know, sort of, you know, the, the most fun I had on, on a given project, I think the, I think the ace attorney character names are some of the most fun. Um, you just, you're, you're sitting there for eight hours, just trying to come up with just the most, just cringe
1: worthy puns on oh, the face of the wow, planet. it sounds like my perfect job. <laughs> <laughs> or Rory's. Rory started to pick up the mantle and come up with podcast-destroying uh, puns, but we love them. We, <laughs> we think puns are the f- finest form of
0: comedy. But even like the main character, so the film that we, we saw is is a live-action adaptation of uh, the first uh, Ace Attorney game, or as it's known in Japan, Gakuten Saiban, sort of Turnabout Trial. Mm-hmm. And the main character is known in sort of English territories as Phoenix Wright, but it's Ryuchi Naruhodo. Is that correct yeah. in, in Japanese? Yeah. And Naruhodo, how would you sort of like describe that? That's kind of like saying like I understand or I get it or that kind of sort of. Yeah, thing.
2: yeah. It's yeah. It's sort of like an ah,
1: I see. Like ah, like ah, I get it. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it's like a, right. a Japanese. <laughs> it's a Japanese pun name.
0: Then. Yeah. 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 At, at one point in the film. I think the subtitles, one of the characters says, right, right, but they just say it's like, naruhodo, naruhodo.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and right. I, think, I think his friend Larry Butts is Yahari uh, in Japanese. And Yahari is, you know, it's like, it's a similar sort of expression of like, oh, you know, of course, you know, of course someone yeah. would, you would say this I It's see. an expectation, right? And so I think there's a line in there as well, where similarly the subtitles say, you know, I think they just say, butts and you know i think naruhodo just finishes saying uh yahari yahari <laughs> <And> yeah <laughs> just, it, you know it's one of those those bits of uh of humor that doesn't you know i i don't envy the subtitlers uh mm. <laughs> having to do that um but humor larry but
1: is there not a line when they sort of make a, a joke about his surname being butts that they talk about do, do, do we do a fart joke at some point? Spoilers for Ace Attorney. There's farts jokes, maybe. <laughs> but um, are you telling me then that Butts is not called Butts in the Japanese version? Right. The original version, I should say. Right. Yeah. Oh. It's it's Yahari. And I,
2: I can't remember what the joke was in Japanese. I think it's because like when something happens, of course, it's Larry who did it. So Yahudi has a, has a sort of meaning of like, ah, of course, of course it was him like so and i guess the english what they did was larry butts and the the saying in the english version is if something smells it's the butts which yeah that's that's a that's an alexander o smith uh special i don't know if you're familiar with him he's um he he's sort of uh he's a really prolific and and quite an amazing translator uh in the game in game localization he's he worked on the first ace attorney um so he's responsible for setting a lot of the sort of localization traits i guess uh in ace attorney uh for for better or for worse uh, and i only say for worse because <laughs> they sort of set themselves up for a, a bit of a tricky situation with the setting and in the
1: localized version setting it in in california <laughs> um, yeah that's what i was going to say in my reading i discovered that at least in the first phoenix Wright game they tried to make it america mm-hmm. and then that became more problematic as it became more japanese and yes. it just reminds me of all these cartoons i've watched in the 80s not knowing that anime and they all like everyone ate rice bowl balls and things despite like them all being americans and things it always seemed a bit strange to me right i mean it, it's
2: it's the age-old uh, uh the pokemon meme right with brock mm. and his jelly donuts right um <laughs> you know we, yeah. we grew up with that just those, those are the weirdest looking jelly donuts i have ever seen yeah. and then you come to find out that, that actually <laughs> it's just uh, they're they're uh, rice balls so. Yeah,
0: but yeah, but we're sort of it's it's interesting because we're talking about we chose uh, to cover Ace Attorney now because of the forthcoming release of Ace Attorney Chronicles, which yeah. um, was I think released about so five years ago or so in Japan is only now going to get uh, an English localized version, and in that you play an ancestor of Phoenix Wright, but. They I think in the West go by their Japanese name, so I think it's Ryonusuke Naruhodo or I I think I think that's their name. Anyway, it's it's Naruhodo anyway. But mm-hmm. um in terms of the sort of localization, it's them going to Victorian England and encountering Herlock Sholmes.
2: Yes. Perhaps the greatest <laughs> Oh yeah
1: greatest name ever conceived. It's like playing I remember International Superstar Soccer on the N64 where they had like Alan Shorer and Paul Gascoigne as like f- British football players in all but actual name. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: I think David Beckham. <laughs> David.
1: Backham. Welcome to the center of the world. Great Britain's mighty capital, London. This country is incredible. I will become a lawyer. I have to. So then, let us unravel this mystery and discover what events led to this curious murder. Who are you? Herlock Shobes. You must have heard of me. We must solve this case, naruhodo san Let us engage in the art of deduction, Mr. Narohodo. Well, what happened here? It would seem the truth is now tantalizingly
0: close. The defense demands its right to a cross-examination.
1: Objection! Your testimony completely contradicts the facts.
0: Objection!
1: My lord, with all due respect, this is an outrage!
2: The
1: world. Like, I'm just trying to remember what... Uh, I know what my experience is with the series. I've only played most of the first one because... Here's, here's laying my cards on the table. I really love the world and I love the game when I'm doing well. But I think what put me off... And this isn't necessarily criticism... It's just like what the games are. But what put me put me off is that it is like there is only one way of doing things, you know. What I mean, it does its best to sell the idea that you can solve a case, but it is is really just finding the correct binary choice, isn't it? And um I think at least in the first game it may have changed for later games, there's sections when you're searching for evidence in a room and it was really just dragging your DS pointer all over the screen until you basically hit the correct pixel. It's a classic adventure game
2: pixel hunting mechanic, right, yeah. where, you know, even if you go far as far back as, you know, Monkey Island and and that kind of thing, you're I was
1: thinking Monkey Island. Yeah,
2: you're you're going around that screen, you're just you're
1: looking for things to click and things to interact with. <laughs> I guess if you're viewing it as a visual novel and less of a game, then that makes it better, but then that sounds like I'm crapping on the game when I'm not trying to. Have you have you played any of the games, Rory?
0: Yeah, so I, I played the the Professor Layton Ace Attorney crossover that uh, that Anthony worked on as a fan of the Professor Layton games as well. Um, so I really enjoyed that, and I think yeah, similarly, I'm not sure I did complete the first game either. I think I was I borrowed it off a friend, and then I think I got to maybe the fourth or fifth. Well, I think the fourth case or something. I don't think I did the final case and I just got like stuck in the courtroom and it was just like, I kept on presenting evidence at the wrong time. It's just like, I know what the solution is, but I just need to oh, do it yeah. at the right time.
2: Yeah, the age old ace attorney problem of you you sort of leapfrog the game in logic and now you have to figure out the map to get there. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. yeah, that can be a bit frustrating. Um, what, one of the things when, when we were when we were working on 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 that game the the Ace Attorney Layton game um we tried to make uh, we tried to localize the failure text as in an entertaining way because yeah. that that seems to be that that eventually became part of the fun i guess when you're playing the games like the the failures that resulted in Phoenix just constantly getting berated by the judge by the prosecution by the witness by literally everybody around him were always the best ones so we we sort of tried to and we were encouraged to uh to really just go all out and, and make those fun. Um, you know, because you know you're the player is ultimately failing, but you want to make sure that they're still having a good time. And I and I think it's a testament yeah. to the to the writing in the original, you know, Shu Takumi is is the uh you know, he's the the creator of Phoenix, right? He tends to be the director. And um, you know, I think it's a credit to him, his writing, that you know, even when you fail,
1: it's still kind of funny and hilarious. <laughs> well, no, so. I think that's really important. I I read your article recently with somebody who translated uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons, and I think there's a pun whenever you're fishing, where it says, "Oh, you might have to need to help me out here, Rory." Where you, you get a fish, and it says it's a something. It's a sea plus. bass. It's a sea bass, <laughs> and no, I think it's more like a C plus I think that's the pun, isn't it? Mm. But I think originally, or as as translated originally, it was talking about a B minus, and the translator said, "If you're like always seeing this negative symbol, a B minus, that's rather sad." So they just twisted it slightly. So you just still, even though you're seeing this message two hundred times, <laughs> it's still like <laughs> a positive message you're conveying.
0: But I th- I think uh, as well, like the fact that the series is almost twenty years old, so the first game came out originally on Game Boy Advance in 2001 um and then was later sort of ported to the DS in 2005 and that's when it first got its sort of first western release as well you think about how visual novels and that kind of stuff sort of 20 years later i mean you know not much has perhaps changed in 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 that situation but i feel like you know later games and you know my experiences with the with the professor Layton crossover as well was that it was more um, not forgiving in the sense that it's like easier, but sort of forgiving, as you say, in terms of making the player experience more kind of like, you know, actually failure is its own reward because you get some fun dialogue. And I think it also speaks to the character as well because he's very much like a kind of rookie, you know, he's called Ace Attorney, but he's really just like a kind of rookie who's making it up as he goes along. And like he's, everyone, he's as you has been rookie for say, 20 years now. Yeah,
2: yeah, ever <laughs> the rookie.
0: Everyone sort of like berating him and stuff and you know calling him out and and things is is part of the character in a way just like you're constantly on the spot as the player and it's funny to have a character who's kind of like presents himself a little bit as a sort of hot shot but like will mess up like again and again and again at the same time
1: I think that that yeah. speaks to a lot of people with imposter syndrome who, like they <laughs> they sort of fake it till they make it, and I think anytime it feels like when we're ever a bit cocksure it tends our cock tends to blow back on our faces is that, <laughs> is that a real phrase <laughs> I, I think I think it
2: is now, um yeah, so yeah, you better striking that from the record, yeah patent pending patent pending patent pending <laughs> uh, yeah no it, I think yeah, I agree with you guys, and it, it's funny just. I remember having, we had a really tough time with Layton's failure uh, events because there's a point, you know, I guess spoiler for Ace Attorney versus (laughs) Layton, you do, you do play as Layton, you do conduct a trial as him um, without uh, Phoenix present Um, and and trying to write Professor Layton failing at anything is impossible. (laughs) <laughs> um you know he is he is the equivalent you know he is a gentlemanly you know James Bond figure he does not fail he you know he he is the
1: professor um oh wow I mean you're just telling me that makes you want to play that game <laughs> I just like That's I'm good. gonna get to that moment just so I can hear the smug professor fall on his backside oh yeah (laughs) Yeah. i
2: think i think like we as a team like eventually we were just like i think there was there was somebody on our team who specifically really enjoyed that those scenes and you know there's i think there's an emote where you know Leighton just kind of takes his hat and he puts it to cover his eyes whenever he bets his up it's very funny oh wow um yeah you know i i think the the writers at level five were good sports to let Shu takumi kind of you know trounce their main uh character for
1: a bit <laughs> i think it always yeah. makes it makes people seem more human yeah I've, it's always a bit the same when they make characters seem just too perfect and too mm-hmm. untouchable actually i haven't even mentioned this yet i was scheduled to be um part of a jury next week and i could think of no worst film to watch then Phoenix Wright, I think second only to Twelve Angry Men as a bad film to watch just before going into actual courts. <laughs> and I had this crisis of faith like a minute, like a week ago. Um, well, I was walking along, I was talking to uh, my wife, and I was like, "Oh God, we're going to recover this podcast while I'm in the midst of a natural trial." And I'd want, I want to mention, I'd want to mention that, but I really think, like. Even if I don't say any details, I think that's like a bad idea to even say you're part <laughs> of a trial and then broadcast that out to the world. But luckily, I was texted like I was being dumped and told, you're, you're no longer required to be part of the jury. Oh, that's so, the best, though. <laughs> we're, we're all good. But, you know, I would have rocked up in my um, cravat and in my anime sort of Super Saiyan hair, mm-hmm. and I would have shouted... Um, like my own witness testimony from the <laughs> flippin' stands, as what happens in this film. That's We're going right. to talk a think about what the hell kind of legal system Phoenix Wright operates in in a little while, but do you have any sort of plot synopsis for us, Rory?
0: Now I'll give a little summary based on what was on the uh, YouTube page, I think, without going into too much detail, because it kind of goes through pretty much every case in the movie or is that a good is that a good idea maybe just like an overall summary will kind of give us the skeletal structure that will help because one thing i
1: liked about this film was how the various evidence and cases fed into each other and i looked at i refreshed my memory looking at the wikipedia entry for the first game um, and it is very similar to the game, which is fairly unique in video game movies, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But yeah, give us like that full synopsis, so we don't have to go and then, and then, and
0: then. Yeah. So, in 20XX, so in the kind of vague future, but still this century.
2: Same, same year as Mega Man. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Mega Man's oh, well, just see,
0: down the street. Both Capcom, so... Yeah, Yeah. why why the hell not? I mean, Phoenix Wright and Mega Man appear in Marvel vs. Capcom Three, so it's true. It's true. Yeah, they've met.
1: Well, I'm gonna, I'm going, I'm seeing um, the new Marvel film Black Widow this evening, and I'll let you know if Mega Man shows up at the end. Okay, good. Coming out of a portal, and like, we need you for the Capcom program. Oh my god! Yes, the Phase Four of the Marvel Cinematic Universe is Marvel vs. Capcom
0: i mean i'm i'm here for that i'm <laughs> yeah, here for that I, I'm, I, I'm, yeah I'm, yeah i'm on board chris I'm
1: redfield board wesker appears taking off his glasses um a knight whose whose armor explodes off so just revealing his underpants
2: yeah, let's get a get a monster hunter rathalos in there let's you know that monster hunter is real hot right now let's do this i'm down
0: so in 20 sets to prevent the rise of crimes Bench Trials, a new justice system where the defence and prosecutor go head-to-head in court, is started. Within just three days, a verdict is decided. Talented attorney Mia Fay, who shows understanding for her junior lawyer, Phoenix Wright, is murdered. Arrested for the murder is her spirit medium and training sister, Maya Fay. Phoenix believes in Maya's innocence and takes the case, where he meets prosecutor Miles Edgeworth, a level-headed prodigy attorney and childhood friend. An intense courtroom battle unfolds. As testimony and evidence are presented. After the trial, Phoenix receives word that Miles has been arrested for murder. Phoenix steps forward to defend Miles. Opposing counsel is none other than Miles' master, legendary prosecutor Von Karma, who has been undefeated in court for 40 years. As the trial goes on, the 15-year-old dl Sitz case, where Miles' father, Gregory Edgeworth, was shot and killed in the evidence room, is examined closely. That is like the
1: most in-depth summary I've ever heard. It's (laughs) in-depth
0: but concise. I feel like.
2: I mean, it could only
1: be. It could just end with and credits. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sometimes we have video boxes which tell us nothing, but that—that was a a lot. Hmm. But as we said, extremely like the game, and I think that's a really nice and interesting feature of this it's like all the video game movies we tend to do kind of use the source material as a bit of an inspiration and i think we've talked about this before on the podcast where like as like if you were trying to make a mario movie in like 1990s there's not a lot to go on <laughs> not a lot um but there's tv shows like like The Last of Us being made at present. And I've personally not played them, but I get a sense that they have a lot of story. And so and the graphics are so good. You kind of wonder why the hell they're even bothering. But yeah. Phoenix, Phoenix Right is like an adaptation, like one-to-one for many for many points in, in in my experience, going on my memories from like 15, 16 years ago. Mm. So um, yeah, I just found that quite fun, <laughs> ultimately,
2: especially when it came to the hair and costumes. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. the the court 新梅
1: 弁護
0: <laughs> 逆転裁判。<laughs> 逆転裁判。Yes, they've,
1: they've,
0: they've translated the story and characters, you know, fairly accurately from the first game. It sort of condenses... A bunch of stuff as is necessary for the film. The film itself is about two and a quarter hours long, so it's not a short film necessarily. But yes. it does it does sort of like try and, as you say, like weave the different cases together and make it so you know it's not quite so episodic as it as it could have been. Um, but in terms of like trying to do a representation of the in-game characters. It's like a big like cosplay jamboree. Mm. There's like it's not so much like, oh, there's no attempt to to um explain away why everyone's got funky hair and bright costumes in what Probably is otherwise some people. Some people yeah. are like that. That's the weird thing. Like the key yeah. players, and then also quite a few members of like the the gallery watching the trials yeah. take place. It Seems like as the film goes on. People's hairstyles get wilder and wilder.
2: I couldn't tell if that was just sort of the director's attempt to poke fun at the source material, or if that was like I couldn't I I couldn't I couldn't guess why that was the case. But I really appreciated that everyone just looked like they were getting ready to go to you know an anime convention. Yeah.
1: I definitely um, saw Cruella de Vil in the background at several <laughs> points of the white and black hair. But there's a few there's a flashback involving I think. <clears throat> miles's uh father gregory edgeworth Mm -hmm. and in that sequence the uh people in the stands in the audience as it were it's like a ticketed event these trials um they're all in like black suits Mm -hmm. so i think the director takeshi miike Mm -hmm.
2: um Mm -hmm.
1: is one of the finer directors we've ever had in the podcast obviously he's got a lot of um He's highly prolific, but with that, um, you know, with the with the quantity of films he's made, he he can't help but learn how to conduct a scene and how to block a scene and, and how to. I feel like a lot of the films we do for for directors like neither here nor there, <laughs> but um, this guy knows how to make a film.
0: It's very yeah, like as you say, he's made over a hundred films, and he's probably best known internationally for his more extreme uh cinema i guess he's kind of was first made uh people aware kind of with his uh sort of late 90s early 2000 films like audition happiness of the categories itchy the killer um so fairly extreme fare but in japan he's quite a sort of like you know take any job do anything director like he does He's done stuff like the Jojo's Bizarre Adventure movie. He's done like kids films like Ninja Kids, you know, sort of like Geki like 13 Assassins and, you know, lots of sort of manga and anime adaptations. Mm -hmm. Um, So he just sort of like lends his sort of directing skills to just pretty much anything, which is, you know, commendable to say the least. I really appreciated it in the flashbacks, though, when I think in the
1: second case, there's like, it's like on a boat, it's dark, there's smoke, there's a shadowy figure saying, Merry Christmas, yeah. shoots a guy. It's really effing sinister. And then, like, a witness in this case is like a boatman who can't remember his name. And, yeah, yeah, all it required is you go through one sort of, you go through his boathouse, and I could almost imagine, like, Itchy the Killer, like, being there and, like, someone doing sadomasochistic stuff um and that
2: entire scene was uh, a lot more sinister feeling in this movie than it than it felt in any in the game i mean in the in the game the boatman is he's actually kind of comical he falls asleep during the case mm-hmm. um, during the testimony and you, you he occasionally wakes up and he's got the sleep bubble and it a bubble that pops and you know and you do go to his boathouse but um you know, I was watching the, the film with my wife last night and we got to that scene. And she's just like, what are we watching? <laughs> is this Ace Attorney still? I was like, I think so. Yeah.
0: That The way that whole sort of case like sort of culminates, um, it, like he ends up with sort of like a vision of his dead wife who like killed herself. Oh, yeah. And then like she appears as sort of a ghost with like a birdcage for a head. And it's yes. just like, <laughs> wow, That's this is hill shit. this is the creepy mike like (laughs) that i sort of thought was like i thought it's just like oh he's making like a video game adaptation of a fairly like you know obviously it deals with murder because it's you know all about murder trials and that kind of stuff but it's done in a very kind of bright quite sort of like colorful comical Mm -hmm. fashion for the most part and you just get this like real moment of like I wouldn't say complete tonal whiplash, but it's definitely like, oh yeah, no, this is a Takashi Miike film. He just has to put like some weird, creepy, sad moment um, in there. And even the way the film starts, like the very start of the film mm. is not what I expected from yeah. an Ace Attorney Exterior movie. Hell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wh- why are we in hell? Yeah, it was, that was very bizarre. Because the games have like, you have the, the Mia, Maya sort of fake character and then like, you do have this whole, you know, quite sort of Japanese notion of the like the spirit medium and and, mm-hmm. and sort of having that in the games, that's sort of embedded in there. So, you know, she the as we said, like her sister is is murdered, and that's like kind of the first main case of this film. Um but as they grew up and their mother was a spirit medium, they can kind of communicate with the spirits and um uh Mia appears to Phoenix at various points, summoned, channeled through by by Maya. Be re but only to
1: give sort of very vague advice. It'd be great <laughs> if she just said, this is the guy who killed me.
2: It's very different from the game in that regard, yeah. Like I i, I was kind of both I, I kind of appreciated how they showed Mia's sort of appearance through Maya. Um, I was of a little worried. I was like this is gonna be the most anime thing when Maya suddenly looks completely like Mia, and no one will bat an eyelid. But you know the fact that they made it only visible to Phoenix; no one else could mm. see what was happening. I thought that was clever. But like you said, Harry, she didn't offer any advice. Uh, <laughs> she just shows up. She speaks in vagaries, and
0: as as they as said in the synopsis, there's this DL sits case which kind of runs in the background of of everything before it comes to the fore. And so the opening does have the 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 girl's mum as a spirit medium, sort of channeling and resurrecting the spirit of miles's dad gregory and it's just like pointing the finger at who killed him and it's like as you say it's like him in this apocalyptic wasteland of hell and just like (laughs) you have like ghostly figures and like this woman just like sort of going crazy and this bullet floating around her and like this ghost boy appearing and it's just like holy cow (laughs) this is going like real just like into the deep end kind of stuff.
2: But I mean, hey, if you can cross-examine a parrot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I took a screenshot of
1: like, it's a witness Polly. Yes. Polly is is a parrot. Um, The legal system in this world, I thought one cool thing about this film is that it provides a bit of context because I think in the games, just says oh this is how courts are but there's just a little bit of dialogue about how there's so much crime right now apparently that they have to do like a three-day trial system and that's it and it creates a sort of you know they don't focus on it terribly much but it's a, it's like a dystopian science fiction idea it reminds me of like back to the future 2 when doc brown's like the courts move really swiftly since they've abolished all lawyers but here like there's, I don't think there's a jury. It's all down to the judge, mm-hmm. and the, you have to basically come up with evidence and witnesses in a very laser fair way. And then, if you're not guilty, you get confetti blo- cannons at the <laughs> end. Yeah. And there's a great moment at the start where Phoenix writes like low, very cheap and cheerful court um has like this bored looking caretaker just scattering bits of paper over Phoenix in a really bored way. But like at the end, like the very last case is where the everything gets most personal and most dramatic. And the stakes are just the highest they've been. And then the judge is like, not guilty. And then like and <laughs> see you know, hologram yeah. saying not guilty and streamers. It's and just what, really what, funny. What made,
2: what made that scene even better was that the janitor was just sweeping up the confetti afterwards. Yeah. We really appreciated that, that they're just normal people just trying to live their lives in this crazy,
1: insane anime court. <laughs> it really helps sell a science fiction world or a fantasy world mm-hmm. when you see what the lower lower pegs, the people in the lowest rung of the ladder are doing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the, the fact that that first trial is taking place in what, like a kind of laundry or, yeah. or like something like that, like in a makeshift court that they've had to sort of add on on top of like the main courts. And yeah, it's, it's. I guess they install confetti cannons as, you know, as essential parts of the of the courtroom just to give a <laughs> sense of the occasion.
1: The prosecutor and the defense attorney, they're like rock stars or boxers and they, mm. they have all these photographers going around them and they, they go up these flights of steps and they stop and they shake hands like weighing each other up. And I guess that's interesting if it's like your case your life on the line and everything where like you're you're treated almost as like an afterthought of the case. Right. But there's still it's, it's something engaging about it. I mean, I've got a question. Did you watch this film all in one go? Yeah. Yeah. I sat down and watched it all in one shot. So it's two and a bit hours long. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, I looked up what the speed run record is for Phoenix Strike Ace Attorney, and it is it is exactly the same length. It's two and, and two hours and fifteen minutes. That's oh the same gosh. length of the film itself.
2: I can't imagine even getting anything out of that. It's just going dialogue, dialogue, dialogue. <laughs> get to the
1: end. <laughs> this film, crucially, I think it does cut out one case or it, it severely cuts it down to almost like I think either a pre-titles or a post-titles sequence I think it's, mm-hmm. it involves the Steel Samurai to like yeah. a greater extent um, just dropping the name Steel Samurai in there for our listeners yeah. <laughs> no context <laughs> that's <laughs> but, the um, case where
0: it's like you're on the movie set right yeah 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 I
1: think this film smartly mm-hmm. makes sure that the only cases properly featured are all properly connected mm-hmm. which never happens in real life but it happens in fiction all the time yes um, <laughs> you, you always get like detectives in films working on just one case and they've not got 10 other things to deal with but uh, i really wanted to watch this all at once but life got in the way so i had to split in two and i feel like this film maybe work would work better watched in that way but i'm interested to hear what you think having watched it from beginning to end because it is a film of just like a handful of sets like three or like four or five sets um and that can make a film feel just a little bit s- slower or hard to get through what did you think
2: it's sort of hard to to kind of say that it felt slow only because my view of it is sort of tainted behind this sort of fandom of ace attorney so I'm i'm watching mm-hmm. it for very specific reasons, I, I can't imagine how someone who didn't have that sort of history with the series sitting down and watching it for the first time. Um, I don't. Th- I don't think they would stay engaged for that long. I think you're right, Harry. Um, there's very little sort of variety in the sets. You're very much. You're in the courtroom. You're maybe at the lake and. Sometimes it yeah, gets to a lake, like attention. Ooh, segment.
1: the outdoors. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Here we go. We're outside for a minute, and you know, Larry's doing something dumb and making constipation faces, and we're back to court.
1: Um But yes, buying it... enormous balloons. Oh, like, do you know how how difficult it is to commission a specific shape of balloon? Yeah, <laughs> he's got. I... He's admire his gumption. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. That any scene with Larry, just I don't know. It was not a, it a fan was of fun, Larry. But, oh man,
0: it's it's it's. it's, it's it's a bit over uh, the top i think there's like yeah. i mean everyone everyone's operating at, at a fairly heightened level just because they've all got massive amounts of hair gel going on um <laughs> but i i think the uh yeah that's definitely the overacting mm-hmm. uh of the film is very much I just- I feel down like to they toned
2: they toned down a lot of the characters but Larry for whatever reason they cranked up to 15 and <laughs> it was really strange. I just felt like he didn't he didn't really fit the world and that's saying a lot for this movie.
1: Right. I um, don't know. I feel characters. like I'm I'm probably the Larry in lots of my friends' circles. <laughs> <laughs> i think at one point actually somebody calls him harry and he goes no larry i'm like oh yeah who me <laughs> I, get what I, I get what you're doing film uh, <laughs> but i don't know i feel like i am watching all i loved the costumes and uh, and the uh, hair and makeup and i feel like we're we're let real life is letting the side down i don't know why we all can't <laughs> dress like we're at um was it the Shin? Is what was that bridge we went to Shinjuku Bridge? Is that the one? Oh What's Harajuku. Harajuku. Oh, Harajuku. Yeah, yeah, I think we should dress Harajuku twenty four seven. That would be my <laughs> ideal world so you, to live you, you
2: mentioned you mentioned the hair real real quick. I just kind of want to give a shout out to those kids in the flashback because oh. out of everyone in the movie, those kids were the most accurate representation of what those three characters could look like if they were real, to the point where. I was sitting there going, you know what, I'd watch a of film of just like, you know, like kid Gyakuten Saiban, kid Aida Saturn, yeah, just doing classroom classroom trials
1: with these kids. Because
2: yeah. number one, they're adults. Gyakuten Saiban
0: babies. Yeah,
1: exactly. Like just, I went to see I went to see so Fast and I went to see Fast and Furious Nine the other week, and it reminded me, out of all the films, it reminded me most of Austin Powers 3, where there's a whole sequence oh no. where there are... eat where we're a man at Mystery Academy and like they've got a really good Austin Powers impersonator being a young guy. And I say this because there's frequent flashbacks in Fast and Furious Nine to explain the existence of the hitherto unheard of secret brother oh, yes. of of Dom mm-hmm. Family. <laughs> Dom the family man, who's <laughs> never mentioned a secret brother. But um the acting isn't so bad for mini for baby Vin Diesel, but it's like this film could have been like 45 minutes shorter. Um, and yeah, the same thing happens here. We get flashbacks mm-hmm. of young Phoenix Wright, young Miles Edgeworth, young Larry Butson, and all that jazz. And it's all mm-hmm. about the stealing of some lunch money.
0: Mm-hmm. It was one of my favourite scenes. It was very cute. But also that oh. teacher is like, what a horrible teacher to like, <laughs> I know, do a classroom trial. I know, that's bullying. That's yeah, what that's, that's called. That
2: teacher was awful. I was just like... It... I was, when they, when they, end, you know, they start the scene, you know, Phoenix, little Phoenix is crying and the teacher's standing there and my wife and I look at each other I was like, is she going to step in and do something? Like, why is he in front of the class? Like this, this is awful. Which, which also kind of begs the question, like, I guess, you know, cause this scene is in the game kind of right. Like they talk mm. about, you know, when the three were kids and there was like a classroom trial and Phoenix is crying Th- that scene in the game, you don't really give it a thought, you know, how horrible that kind of is. But when you see it played out,
1: um, wow. Kind of not great. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I just, I love the little bow tie Miles had. Yeah. And... Just great.
0: Looked a little Detective Conan for yes! as well. Yeah. Yes.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny. It's been ages since I've played the game as we've established. But, like, this film inherits so much from the game. It sort of proves how great the writing was for the game and what a mm-hmm. great story the game was because. I had forgotten enough to not know what the DL6 case was, what the, all the connections were. So, like, I felt the characters were, like, really strong and, well, it's weird. Like, as you say, it's kind of cosplay, and I'd say it almost extends to the performances. They're kind of, like, parroting the game, as it were. But, like, I I loved how F- Miles and Phoenix were schoolhood friends schoolhood that's not a word childhood friends (laughs) and then they both and because of this case of the missing lunch money they grew up to be a prosecutor and a defense attorney and then in the first proper case phoenix does they are antagonists against each Mm -hmm. other and then um phoenix steps in To help Miles, and then snap to the very last scene, or where they they've helped each other out, and they are now against each other yet again. But they're smiling as they're doing it. You know, they are. There's that the whole thing about a gentleman's sort of you know competition. You Mm. know, maybe it's just we're we're living in such a culture of like I hate the person on the other side of the table. (laughs) Like they've got mutual respect.
2: It's a it's a it, it's a pretty common um, trope, I guess you could say, in, in a lot of Japanese media where you have these sort of um, you the childhood rivals. Right. Um, there's this, you know, there's this concept of having a rival who you're constantly bunting heads with, but you're really you're really friends, but you're also rivals and you're constantly on opposite sides. Mm. And, you know, it, it, it's sort of a common trope. Uh, in a lot of in a lot of the Japanese media, particularly in, in games and anime, you see it quite often. And I think this is one of the better uh, done versions of that, um, in, in my opinion. I think Edgeworth and, Mo- and, and Phoenix in the games, at least, um, I don't know they they have enough of their own personalities to not come across as very cliche, um, and their interactions are always entertaining and they're nuanced. And yeah, it, I, I think it comes across. For as short as the movie had to be, by compare you know comparing it to a game that is you know three games long, um, covering this his the history of these characters, um, I think they did a good job in trying to get that across. Um, it I felt it, a lot of it felt kind of rushed, but it has to be, I guess. Um, there's no time to to do what you would want would you would normally experience in the game um, with you know th- these characters and their history. But um, but yeah yeah I I love. Miles and, and Phoenix together are, are, are great. I think the way that they they express that in the film um, is was a nice little take on the
1: game for sure. What is the name of Manfred von Karma in the games? Is it the same? It's it, it, yeah,
2: the localized name. Yeah, but in Japanese, I, I can't remember his first name. It, it is Karuma,
1: no?
0: I yeah, they do, do say Karuma, so I assume it's th- it's it's actually one of the closer names to the to the original Japanese
1: when he showed up in the film and Miles was like I want to be you not my dad I was like I want to be Manfred and like again I didn't realize he was the big bad of this whole thing but like like man I've not seen a film with this many cravats in in such a long time oh man well not since Austin Powers like
0: you say there was
1: hardly (laughs) any cravats in Fast and Furious 9 I gotta say the, the very fact that it says at the start, this is, it kind of reminded me, I guess, in a way, of Judge Dredd, where the judge's like Judge, Jury, and Executioner, maybe less of the executioning in this one. But, you know, it's it, by establishing that this is a fantasy version of court, it can get away with anything. There's like a case where Larry volunteers himself and he's in the stand and he appears and he says, I've got witness testimony. And like his witness testimony has, there's no alibi. He just says, I'm happy. I was here and I saw Miles do this. And like the judge is like, fair enough.
0: And I, I think it's like, because a lot of the action takes place, as you say, within the court, and because a lot of the game obviously takes place uh, in the court. So having the stuff when they do say objection and And um, when uh, like Phoenix like slams the desk as he does in the games, but it also like brings up the evidence in a hollow screen and he sort of throws it at (laughs) the uh, Dick Gumshoe who is uh, being sort of examined at that time. And the music kicks in, not enough of the music as I Mm -hmm. would have liked. There were sort of orchestral arrangements, Um, but Mm. the kind of music disappeared too much. And uh, the music in the games, like, it sets the tempo of the games like hugely just the kind of like the pulse and like the feel and the tension. Yeah. So while like it was good at sort of translating the twists and turns of the trials, I could have done with just a little bit more I don't know, like to give it sort of a bit more kind of energy in those moments, just to have mm-hmm. the music kind of like pulsing in the background.
1: It was almost speed racer racer, but not full speed racer. Like it was, yeah. it was almost.
0: I- <laughs> I was kind of, yeah, when, like, I I was looking forward to seeing this film when it was, like, first announced and, you know, it's almost 10 years later and finally get to watch it. And, yeah, I was maybe it's sort of expecting a little bit more from Miike. There are a few bits later on in one of the trials where the camera kind of, like, zooms and zips around uh, the different people involved. But that's then sort of, like, dropped. And there are some, a couple of moments where the audience, uh, like, the people in the gallery sort of, like, do the kind of big anime-style pratfall (laughs) when they go, like, whoa, (laughs) and fall over. And it's just, like, yeah, that happens twice, and neither time Mm. does it really work. Um, But I was was expecting just a bit more kind of, like, zip and pizzazz and maybe a Mm -hmm. bit more, like, wackiness. I think, like, there are definitely, like, two bits where it's, I think, the quirkiness of, like, Takashi Miike as a director and the goofiness of the games, like, really align. And one of it is with the police mascot, the blue badger. Oh, God, who yes. good, good lord. Interrupts, I mean, like kind loves his mascots, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And this mascot interrupts the trial by sticking its hand in the way of the judge's gavel and then like looks incredibly pained, even though there's like no change of the expression as there, as right. the sort of gavel has like hit the hand. And then the mascot falls down, the head it's rolls just, off, and there's nothing inside.
2: Yeah. I, I that was actually one of the mo- the more laugh out loud moments <laughs> for us when we saw that. We we're just like, okay, this is that's that's really good. Um and you know, that's something that's not in the game in, you know, in particular that scene, right? And, yeah. and I think that's when the I think that's where the the, the, the movie's humor really shines. I I, I kind of have this feeling that they try to go zany, but not all the way zany. And then they try to be they try to keep everyone in check. Like 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 for instance, Von Karma is significantly toned
1: down from the games.
2: I was expecting wow. a bigger oh yeah. I, like thought he,
1: it, I thought he was insane, but No, no,
2: no. I mean in the tell. game in the game he so he doesn't shake Phoenix's hand. He's very intimidating. Um he runs the court, basically. He gives you a penalty at some point. Or and then he tells the judge, <laughs> give this stupid attorney, a penalty. He's wasting time. And the judge is like, yeah, okay. Penalty. <laughs> um, you know, it, so he's a very big personality, whereas here he's very toned down. Maya was sort of scaled back. Even Phoenix, to a point, was a bit scaled back. But the outfits weren't scaled back. A lot of the, like you said, the pratfall anime, someone says a ju- Someone says something and everyone goes, ugh. Like, you know, that yeah. was inserted for some reason. It, it, it felt a little inconsistent at times where it's trying to be a court drama, kind of, but it wants to be zany, but it doesn't go all the way on either one. And I kind of wish they went a little more. Um,
0: yeah, and I think, like, yeah, some of the stuff that they do make zany is, like, too far. Like, you know, with the Larry Butts stuff, it's like, no, that's too zany. And then, like, you have the one of the witnesses, Lotta Hart, Oh, the God. kind of like photographer what was up with her subtitles so like i guess they were she, trying to she, do some
2: kansai, kansai accent i think yeah yeah and I, I i i had a note for myself to bring this up because i think this is my own personal sort of translator pet peeve i, I don't <laughs> like i don't like inserting an accent for osaka the osakan dialect i think it detracts too much from what you're from the character, whereas. You know, in Japanese, yeah, of course, you know, you can tell that this person is, you know, speaking in a particular dialect, but it doesn't really work in English. And I feel like they always try to default to some very weird, you know, uh, American Southern accent that is really difficult to read when you're doing subtitles. If you're, you know, it, it's, it's I call it the Dragon Quest problem. If you've ever played a game, uh, one of the earlier Dragon Quest games, um, where they sort of have a, you know, they have a kingdom that's like everyone speaks in a Scottish dialect, but everything's <laughs> written, and good luck reading it all because it is yeah. just a chore to read through, and it's it's sort of a bit of over localization and over over translation, um, and I feel like they did that here with a lot of heart. Even my wife was like, "What is the deal with her subtitle?" I said, "Well, there are lots oh, you of see, she's from said,
0: Osaka." <laughs> yeah, instead of is it was is. And I think I think like I couldn't work out whether they were trying to do like a kind of New Yorker kind of like you know New York or something. But then it was just like she said the fog was as thick as Grits. and I was just like oh, okay, I guess it's going to be southern, <laughs> you know.
2: But but ev- but even then, I I, I kind of want to know what the the what the the subtitler was going for because I feel like maybe they didn't quite understand what accent they were trying to write. It was very weird. Yeah, yeah it, that 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 sort of stood out to me. It kind of detracted a bit. Um, you know a lot of heart is a fun character and
1: yeah it's it's tricky though cuz i've got a friend who does french translation and we went to see the film this is a long time ago uh a town called panic um which is like little model farmers and animals running around their town called panic <laughs> but the farmer in that um they did his subtitles just normal in english but my friend was saying how he's speaking in a very sort of commoner version of French. And he was saying just a normal sentence. And my friend was laughing because he got the sort of difference between, it's just like an English accent. So mm-hmm. I guess it's it a, that, a choice a you head. have to make. Mm-hmm. There's a yeah. there's a
2: balance to be had for sure. I mean, you, you have to sort of, you know, you have to take the the, the I say user, but <laughs> you have to take the viewer into consideration. You know, will they be able to... Read number one, read the subtitles, the text properly, Um, and number two, like, is the text and the flavor you're adding going to detract from the experience? And if the answer is, you know, yes, then you might want to scale it back. And you know, um, yeah, sometimes you know, when you're translating things, sometimes you get a little too into your own sort of stuff. Uh, You know, you you you're like, oh, this is brilliant, great, you know, print it, this is amazing, and then you get an editor involved, and they're the ones who kind of go. You got to scale this back. This is this this, this won't work. <laughs> um, you got a little too overzealous.
1: <laughs> you reminded me of when Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon came out in UK cinemas, and there was a line when oh, who was like the young sort of spunky character who ends oh, up fighting Michelle Yeoh? Yeah, she um she says in the UK subtitled version, "This is easy," but then on DVD she says piece of cake Mm -hmm. and it just didn't seem to me that you know a young princess lady would say piece of cake it sounded very like uh, like an americanism Mm -hmm. if you know what i mean um and i think rory had the script book of *Crouching tiger and had the uk version in there so you know it's it, it it plays with your mind, man. <laughs> it's let me tell you, like it. it yeah, um,
2: it, I always try to tell people, like, there's no sort of right or wrong when it comes to localization specifically. It's it's a scale, and you you know, it really is up to what your goal is with the media you're localizing, and you you want to go. Do you want that? Do you want to take the dial and crank it up, or do you want to scale it back? Translation sort of fluid in that way. I mean, outside of objective you know, objectively incorrect mistranslations, it really is a scale. And it's something that a lot of translators, um, you know, you you struggle with, you grapple with, right? That's sort of the eternal struggle as a translator. It's like, well, how much is too much? How, you know, but how rigid is too rigid when you're saying really true? You know, I mean, I think fan translations are a good example, you know, like bless them because they, you know, a lot of good comes from fan translation projects. Um, but they do tend to kind of, skew a little more towards the source material because that's the that's the objective. They want as much of the Japanese as possible and you know they love that. But if you were gonna ask a publisher like Nintendo to do that, they would say, oh no, please, we need this needs a lot of work. It's it's hard when you
1: watch read some of those translations. I don't think it's just fan translations, but sometimes when you're reading subtitles and somebody's talking and holding off a piece of paper and then the piece of paper is also referencing something very specifically Japanese. Mm-hmm. And so it's sort of subtitles, a particular type of, of Japanese tea. Like,
0: yeah. <laughs> it's just like all these like footnotes cover the screen as it's just like yeah. it's just like we don't need every nuance. Like if right, it's a good right. translation, you should be able to kind of get the essence Localize it as a you know. There's a difference between translation and localization. You know, in that, in that yeah, absolutely.
2: Like I always tell people, um, you know, go and and grab like three different versions of the Tale of Genji. Um, mm. and they will be of varying lengths and varying translation um, or you know translation and not quality, but the the translation strategies. You're gonna get yeah. the massive Bible that has annotations for days the english is difficult to read and then you're going to get the abridged version which is this thick and you know reads like you know a a, a pop culture novel um that you would just grab off the shelf um so yeah it depends what you're going to do but um yeah sorry i didn't mean to jump into localization no no this is is good this
1: is the most intelligent our podcast has ever sounded (laughs) because we've got an expert in finally after 80 episodes
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think speaking of, I think speaking of translation, um, we should maybe just sort of talk a little bit about the performances and the characters and how they translate to the screen and through the actors. So I think just in terms of like the key players, we have um, obviously the uh, ace attorney himself, Phoenix Wright, played by Hiroyuki Naramiya, who um, I've not really seen in too much other stuff, but since... Making this film, he apparently in 2016 faxed, sent a fax to TV news channels in Japan saying that he was leaving the entertainment industry due to allegations of taking cocaine. Oh boy!
1: What an actor taking cocaine?
0: Because like that happened sort of yeah. recently with uh, I just, think just there was just cocaine. Uh, I think it was,
2: was Judgment.
0: A... Yeah, 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 yeah. The yeah, actor yeah. I can't remember his name, but he's like one half of dinky groove like electronic music group and he was in the sega game judgment and because there was this allegation of taking cocaine like sega had to like remove his likeness from like the game and basically like patch him out of existence
1: (laughs) i mean look i'm not condoning the use of class a drugs don't get me wrong but like there are are rock stars where that's an absolute badge of honor just like (laughs) side note red white in this film he's like there's a guy in this film who looks like a 60s aging <sighs> rock star and I I was, loved it. I loved can, it so much. Uh, can
2: we can we go quickly talk about Red White? That was my biggest disappointment. All right. Um I Really. What you really, like in the game? Oh my god, he is the most just smarmy, awful just businessman like he is just he has a massive just he's just wearing like a ostentatious suit he's got a million rings on his face he's basically the polar opposite of the character that the way they depict him oh. in the movie. and he after everything after his testimony he always stops poses with his rings they glimmer and he always has this, this just smile you want to s- just knock off his face
1: he, he just is- reminded me of a cameo in the pirates of the
0: caribbean movie like i was trying to work out <laughs> Is he, I think like his, most of his IMDB credits are maybe like composer or musician or something. So right. I don't know what was going on there. I don't maybe have enough it was intel. musician. But it was, yeah, just, it was odd. He did,
1: like I said, yeah, he did stick out like a sore thumb, but for some reason that gelled with me. I just, I love badness. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think as a character,
2: he was, he was fine. I think uh, it's more me. I have got the baggage of the game and I, I really liked Red White. He was, a, he was sort of like a villain mm. character that I, I love to hate. And I'm all for just really crazy over-the-top characters. And to see that they just went in the
1: exact opposite direction
2: <laughs> was just so weird. But I think it works. It works.
1: Yeah, if we're talking about disappointment, for me, like, I was really weirded out by uh, Detective Gumshoe. Yes. He's like a, just a thin, good-looking guy. But yeah. in the, I what I loved about Gumshoe in the games was he's just a real kind of Dope. He's like a sad sack detective. Yes. And in this, he's not got terribly much to do, but he's he just seemed like a pretty boy. And like, yeah, I want dumpy looking not men in the game. So I've got, enough. No, I want someone to look up to. <laughs> I'll never be a pretty boy. But uh, we've also got Miles. What's what's Miles
0: been in? The guy who played Miles. Uh well he's uh Takumi Saito um he's been in a bunch of stuff like the uh, version of Space bat- uh, Space Battleship Yamato uh he's been in Shin Godzilla just about pretty much everyone who was in Japanese cinema at the time has been in that film I think he's in Shin Ultraman he's starring in the forthcoming remake of Cube they're doing a Japanese remake of Cube um <laughs> I'll see that. but yeah but yeah I I liked, I think I think the sort of like the the main characters to kind of sort of nail are, you know, that trio of, sort of Phoenix, Miles, and uh, Maya. And I I don't know sort of how much I felt they sort of specifically captured the stars. I think Maya was sort of close enough. Um, I think she sort of felt sort of a bit sort of older, and I don't think she was sort of used as much mm-hmm. in this film. I don't think she yeah. was really given as much to do um i did like miles but i kind of felt like he's kind of more confident in the games in here Mm -hmm. he still felt a bit green and i know they're like quite young but i always felt they're a bit older than they are because in this film they're all 25 apparently and i sort of felt also with phoenix that i felt like you know yeah he's a bit of a rookie attorney but i also sort of feel like he is maybe a bit more full of himself And it's other people who are, like, sort of, you know, pointing out he's not actually... Yeah, I sort of felt that sort of way about him. And in the film, I don't know whether the act sort of quite sort of got to the heart of how I felt, like, Phoenix Wright is, but... The cinematic Phoenix is not a poker player,
1: because, like, I think in one case, the first bit of evidence he sees, he looks at the judge and he's like
0: yeah <laughs> he does that in the yeah. games like he it does like look defeated in the games but i always feel like because usually what he's thinking or like what he's saying is in brackets so it's like he's thinking mm-hmm. i always of like feel like actually that's more like an aside that not everyone else sees of him just like falling to pieces and sweating profusely mm. right right I and i felt the, like the, the film he was very much like
2: oh <laughs> yeah like that that's sort of one of the things about Phoenix is that in the games he's constantly bluffing that's his thing and he 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 you know even when he's blatantly wrong he's just kind of like well yeah it's this thing and internally he's like, oh God, I don't know how I'm gonna drag this out and I don't know where I'm going with this <laughs> And you know for, there's not even sort of a hint of that which was a little disappointing. I wanted Phoenix to mm. bluff his way and get called out. And just be like, well, yeah, of course I was going to talk about that. I have no idea what I'm doing. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, that, that's sort of that's sort of the general feel I get from him in the games. And, and yeah, like you said here, <laughs> the worst poker face ever. He's just <laughs> constantly just looks of anguish. Um, you know, I, I did like how he's constantly looking through papers um, mm. Because that, that's sort of, in my head, kind of what I imagine is happening in the game. He's just kind of, at least at the beginning, just rummaging through papers and just kind of being very flustered, but... Um,
1: it could be very disheartening, though, if you saw that in court and he was oh your God. defense attorney. He's yeah.
0: Like, wow, his head's on the table. He's... <laughs> this <laughs> 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 2 10年前の
1: 5倍てすよ裁判所はいつも犯罪者の大行列た
0: おい。<laughs> <laughs> Despite
1: what
0: we
1: were saying, though, I quite liked Miles Edgeworth in this. I agree, though, in the games, he's like, he feels undefeatable. If anything, mm-hmm. um, then having um, Von Karma appear afterwards it feels like you're putting a hat on the hat a little bit but in this i feel like he's putting on this front is miles and mm-hmm. he's i mean one thing i don't understand about this film is why in in the case against miles at the river at the boat where he's accused of shooting someone no one has seemed to have asked him what his like story is what his you know his version of events uh that was a little bit like somebody said this i mean why didn't anyone ask him like what might have happened they were like they were relying entirely on like external witnesses and I, photography I think, is,
2: I think this is a bit of like uh, this is just my interpretation but i think this is a bit of a critique on the japanese justice system where you're sort of guilty mm-hmm. until you're proven innocent which right. never happens um so you know yeah because like in the japanese justice system it's say,
0: right? it's it's kind of like ninety nine percent of trials. Uh, if something goes to trial, ninety nine percent of stuff gets mm. a guilty verdict, pretty much, and what? like yeah, every, yeah. everything it's... is is very much like oh, if you sort of admit it now and then, like pay a fine or or, or that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So the idea of going to trial if you're sort of like no, I'm innocent and I want to take it to to court, it's just like yeah, you're going to jail, basically. Whoa, yeah, Japanese so judicial I... system. Yeah, wow. I'm glad
1: you told. I'm glad you know. I'm not going to jury next week because <laughs> i'll be like guilty 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 what, are, guilty what are we
2: doing i'm going can i go home now yeah
1: <laughs> yes i'm dressed as a witch finder general what of it <laughs> um but yeah that kind of makes sense because of course one key point in this film is how yanni yogi ends up we find out a flashback uh pleaded insanity to a crime he didn't actually commit mm-hmm. so people then ruin his life right. and his wife, Polly, commits suicide from the shame of it all uh, and he commemorates her by buying a parrot, as you do. Yep. And <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's all, his life is ruined because even though he didn't do it he, ple- he basically says that he did. I just want to quickly touch on the judge real quick.
2: He mm-hmm. was a lot more low-key than I expected. Um, he was very detached, which I guess is kind of funny in its own way. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know, you know, how familiar you are with, with the the sort of tradition of the Ace Attorney games, but the judge is usually uh, one of the primary like, sources of comic relief. Um, the judge is mm. often, it's often the same judge. He does have relatives who you see in flashbacks <laughs> and in different uh, districts uh, or areas of the world. And, um, and he's sort of this fuddy-duddy old man who will oftentimes just you know, sometimes he won't get a line of thinking or he'll just go off on a tangent or he's he's basically just like grandpa, right? He's like grandpa judge um, when he's not being strict and hitting you with a penalty. Um, whereas in the film, he's just, you know, this very sleepy, low-key kind of <laughs> judge just kind of sits there and just like, oh yeah, that isn't decisive. Okay, anyways, here's my verdict. And I'm just <laughs> like, oh man, that's kind of a bummer. I was really hoping to see what, uh you know what they do with the old mm. fuddy-duddy judge um, I don't know it's you know,
1: it's I get I get where you're coming from and mm. I think it was definitely a choice they made mm-hmm. because I think the humor they went for is that all this bonkers stuff is happening around him and he is right. very straight-faced and serious Exactly and yeah I think yeah. there's that criticism leveled at the 2016 Ghostbusters movie uh where all the new Ghostbusters were all the funny one and mm-hmm. it became a bit difficult to manage and although of course there's straight-laced people in the courtroom like miles and yeah. uh um von karma i just say decided not to make the judge it's kind of like when phoenix is trying to extra extricate a uh witness statement from a parrot <laughs> yes yes <laughs> i think it's pro- it reminds me of like dying on my feet during stand up or something you mm. know it's like he's and and to have you you'd want to make sure that the judge isn't okay with the scenario. I mean, I think the judge at that point is saying, this is a bit of a stretch. Like we have three days to win a court case and I'm giving you this time, but you know, this is pretty difficult. <laughs>
0: I think that, yeah, I kind of feel yeah. like that was maybe where the, the the feel of the film and the, the tone of the games was like best aligned was the parrot sort of, you know mm-hmm. cross-examination because it does have like everyone you, you know the sense of that that silence you can hear a pin drop as Venus <laughs> is trying to like sort of coax the sort of testimony out the parrot the parrot like goes on his arm and like shoulder yeah. and then just like wanders back on to its perch all over again and it's it's you know that kind of you know that sort of pregnant air where people are just kind of like waiting to work out what the hell's going on and i think that matches the tone of the judge in that Mm -hmm. scenario and just you know how everyone is just like what's happening and i think that's the most successful scene for me
1: um i mean you know i've as you've been talking i went into wikipedia of animal trials oh yeah there's there's plenty there's plenty (laughs) (laughs) yes commonly commonly tried animals include uh domesticated ones most often pigs but also bulls horses and cows or pests such as rats and weevils uh there's cases like katia the bear um a female brown bear native to kazakhstan who was imprisoned in 2004 after found being guilty of murdering two people in separate incidents handlers report katia is now socializing well with other bears after her long imprisonment
2: <laughs> i sort of wish um harry I, w- I wish i wish i could tell you i we didn't wikipedia this before when we worked on ace attorney but we did
1: <laughs> you have to
2: because there is there is um there, there is an animal cross-examination <laughs> that pops up again in the games uh i in, see in Leighton an ace attorney um and we got curious and we're like does this happen actually and yeah yeah it's it's a thing so oh
1: well that's an, another reason to play that crossover game then <laughs> it's, it's got everything it's got leighton being a, a a, a uh, attorney and it's got animals on trial. Um, I send think send that ferret to the electric chair. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: I, I, I was reminded of that recently because there was this by election in Hartlepool. Um, and people in Hartlepool are known as monkey hangers because reportedly <laughs> during the Napoleonic Wars of the early 19th century, a shipwrecked monkey. Was hanged by the people of Hartlepool, believing him to be a French spy. Oh, so, uh, <laughs> we, so people from Hartlepool are affectionately known as monkey hangers, and there's like a statue of a of a monkey in wow. Hartlepool. It's not something to really be proud of.
1: No, yeah, no. I mean, I think we need some sort of legal stipulation. That's not our thought, thoughts or feelings. Um, <laughs> it, we we feel the people of Hartlepool were more likely would like to be known as monkey spankers, not monkey hangers. Um, <laughs> At
0: least give the monkey a fair trial. That's what we're saying. I mean, yeah, yeah you know,
1: <laughs> if
0: only you he force to stop. represent him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, These lawyers work for peanuts. <laughs> Penalties. I
1: mean there's there's well yeah, objection I'm, sure, to that, I think. I'm sure there's gonna be a Doctor Doolittle spin-off called Judge Doolittle. And though, you know, my favourite bit there's no hue there's no low form of humor I do not enjoy. I think first question to the parrot is um I think the first thing the parrot does is just do a bird shit. I think I wrote down a note here. Uh yeah. So that Phoenix says Witness Polly, I and mean, then Polly just does a little crap, and you know, doesn't take much to make me giggle. Just a little, <laughs> and it, <makes laughs> it was very
0: good parrot acting, I have to it, say.
2: Yeah, yeah, that I think that that is probably I agree with you, Rory. That that scene aligned the best with the games. Um, very well
1: done. <laughs> but you know, it's sort of it gets to this point where I'm, I'm sort of with it still. I'm with the tension. I think mm. it just it it it, it gent. I don't know how gently it puts you in, but it makes it certainly. I was with it, you know. It's, I was with the universe, and part of fantasy is just is thinking this this could possibly
0: happen in this universe.
2: Yeah, as you say. Yeah, yeah definitely.
1: I mean, yeah, cross-examining a
2: parrot.
0: Yeah, you're you're along for the ride at that point. I think so. It mm-hmm. should come as no surprise it's going in that territory.
1: ごめんね、さゆりさん。裁判 But again, I I
0: think it's like generally because the games are so bright and colourful and comic and has that sort of tone... Whereas, apart from the costumes, sometimes like even the courtroom looks quite drab, and like I, I do sort of sometimes feel like the film, yeah, could just do with a bit more zing um, to really sort of liven it up a little bit more. And it's like weird that you have people with crazy hair and those costumes. You so look at any kind of like still, and you think this is going to be the wildest ride ever, and then like you watch the film, it's just like, oh no, they're taking this trial seriously. <laughs> Right.
2: Yeah, that I did have a note uh, about the sort of the, the general like, color scheme of everything. And in particular, I, I wrote down detention center equals dungeon. <laughs> because yeah, yeah. I found the detention center was the one area where I mean, yeah, it should be drab. But also, it was just it's again, it's they cranked the the, the dial up to like 11. <laughs> um, It was a literal dungeon. And even, you know, the cell where red white was sort of hanging out, had this ominous purple hue around it. Whereas everything else was just like kind of, you know, just the usual dark drab dungeon color. And I was just like, wow, they, they went really crazy with just (laughs) really hammering home how like depressing this, this, this detention center and the, the jail cells are. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it was, was, I was, I was really surprised by that.
0: In the, in the sort of like end credits said like the way it's of culminates is with this big trial where miles stands accused of killing his father um which is what happened what was sort of like the the flashback at the very start of the film was uh all about this dl6 case and then it sort of turns out that it's manfred von karma who's actually responsible um mm-hmm. And he gives this kind of like blustery monologue at the end, which I very much enjoyed. Oh, like yes. very There's juicy. There's lots of jump cuts as well.
2: Ah, I, wanted, I wanted to talk about that real quick. Um, so yeah, just in the Ace Attorney games, one of the more enjoyable things about, you know, wrapping up a case is you get to watch the perpetrator just absolutely just have a meltdown on the stand. I know. It's very convenient.
1: would it be convenient if every single court yeah. case the person just is triggered <laughs> yeah. and yeah. just tells you everything in no excruciating
2: detail? And Von Karma in particular has one of the more spectacular ones because, like, you know, you're, you're sort of grilling him while he's, you know, in the game, you're grilling him while he's standing right across from you. And you see him. I mean, you should go online and look up the sprite for him freaking out. It's incredible. <laughs> um, some of the best sprite work. But the way that they... I was waiting the whole time. I was like, I really want to see someone... Like, how are they going to get this across? I think the only other meltdown you see is in the beginning where uh, Winston Payne, who is the, uh, the sort of joke prosecutor you tend to, to go up against in the games at the beginning, throws his wig at Phoenix which is an actual <laughs> thing that happens in the game where he throws his wig at Phoenix and it just hits him in the face and just slides down. Um, and I was like, are they going to do any more meltdowns? And I thought the way they did Von Karma's was threading that sort of treading that line of ace attorney wackiness, but also kind of disturbing realism. And like you yeah. said, Harry, the, the cuts really made, that, made him seem extra unhinged. And I, I really enjoyed that. I thought they did a really good job with that
1: yeah it sort of gives you a sight into his fracturing reality when we're cutting to you know the s word and some f an f bomb or yeah two, which yeah. that's just the weird thing about some japanese cinemas like this was pg right up until then <laughs> and then you've but you allowed one f word perhaps i think And so. a little
2: localization i think he uses kuso which is sort of an expletive in japanese twice and they translated it as like you know an mm. f bomb and an s bomb differently, <laughs> yeah. um, because you know you kind of have to do that with Japanese expletives. Um, they, they, you know, they're they're weight. They carry a lot of weight, <laughs> so you can kind of get fancy in English.
0: I think it like you know particularly because like, I think the, I really like the actor Ryo Ishibashi, and he he appears in like Audition and Brother, and I think he appears in like The Grudge remates in in the American remates. Um, but, like, he definitely, like, uses the sort of, like, yakuza, sort of, like, anger and, you know, sort of, like, from that kind of thing. And when he's, like, you know, his hair is all disheveled and he's just, like, throwing it out there and being all, like, so what? He did whatever it took to put criminals behind bars yeah. And, yeah. and that kind of thing. It's just, like, yeah, like, let it, let it rip.
1: In the case preceding it, you know... we haven't talked about the intricacies of the case too much because we would get very confused but i did write down the sequence of events where they um i think they believe that von karm there was like a second shot done by the gun and then they had to search for a bullet they they believe the bullet is in von karm's shoulder Mm -hmm. and they need to but luckily there's a metal detector in the courtroom right that minute because larry butts has been searching for his steel samurai balloon in the lake in an earlier case and this sounds insane but at the same time i felt it was cleverly put in there like they've they established the whole um larry looking for his balloon as sort of like a throwaway gag even though it does very much fold into the court case of or that particular trial of Miles, but he just happens to be carrying his metal detector. So they scan von Karma's shoulder and there's a bullet. And von Karma's like, yeah, you found a bullet, but it's from an unrelated case. It needs to be this particular bullet from this particular gun. And I just, I just, you know, it's edge of the seat stuff. You mm-hmm. can see why uh, a court case, I mean, this is very much like the idealized version of a court case by which I mean, it's like chess. It is like du- a duel where Von Karm is like, yeah, yeah, you found the bullet. Ignore the fact that I was pretending I never had a bullet there in the first mm. place. Just pretend that's being <laughs> suspicious. But, yeah, and his hair starts to go a bit of squiff, but I'm sure it doesn't match up to the sprite you were telling us about. But, Yeah, it's a a properly good meltdown. I very much enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, it
2: was great. I I thought that it aligned with the games really well in its own way um, Mm. without, you know, going too over the top. So yeah, it was great. Just wanted to give that a shout. He
1: ends that speech saying, as you mentioned earlier, our job as prosecutors is to punish all criminals and send Mm -hmm. criminals to jail. It was kind of like my methods are wrong, but my cause is just. And then so quietly phoenix goes objection mm. um, our mission is to seek the truth mm. and it's like yeah and you know that's funny that it's
2: a really good way to end it because that's sort of where the game goes right like the the, the whole premise and the whole message of the phoenix right series is to to find the truth not just objectively get guilty verdicts guilty verdicts and you know a good portion of that game is convincing edgeworth that this is what you this is this is why we are in court even on opposite sides is to ultimately find the truth
1: is that what it's like in real life though (laughs) so to pull the wall down it's like it is all about just winning isn't it
2: I think we could probably have a separate podcast just on that alone. Yeah. <laughs>
1: that's, again, I'm relieved I didn't go to jury service because I think I would have had these real navel-gazy talks. Like, what is truth? And like, Harry, we've been here for days. I just
2: want to go home, Harry. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: no, 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 no. But hear me out. <laughs> Let's ask a parrot. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: my God.
0: All parrot jury. Co-
1: you can't carry wit. Ooh. you can't call witnesses to the stand, Harry. Like, objection, you can't object, you're not, you're just a jury.
0: <laughs> have you seen Were my you ba-
1: badge? <laughs> yeah, I brought a badge. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> the the end credits they have this jamming ninja mm. balloon and jamming ninja guitar. Is that like a case in one of the other games?
2: It is, yeah. So, um, and even the witness on the stand, his name is Matt Ungard. Um, the, he's, I think an actor, um, and yeah, that is a case. And I think, I can't remember is Edgeworth. I thought Edgeworth was a fan of the Jammin' Ninja, or maybe he's a like closet steel samurai fan. I can't remember which is which, yeah. but it, it is a case. Yeah. So that it's nice that they sort of allude to that one. So, um, what, yeah, at the end, where where is it? Larry, who's sort of celebrating in the stands, um, and next to him is the creator of Phoenix Wright, uh, Shu Takumi. Oh. So they included him at the end, which was kind of nice to see um, amongst the the confetti. That was nice. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> no, a lovely note.
1: As we said earlier, I've I think Rory and I perhaps have less of a current knowledge of Phoenix Wright. So I feel like although I was very aware of the game, I was watching this with, with kind of fresh eyes, and I, I had a really good time. I think, though, I was saved by the fact that I did watch this in two halves, and I would utterly recommend that you're finding it a bit slow, that you give yourself a break and return to it. There's, you know, there's spaces in between trials, which is which is perfect. I think if you're sitting down and watching the whole thing, and, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I feel like it might feel like a bit of a slog sometimes but i think this is a pretty damn successful adaptation and i can confidently say it's an adaptation this time because we're so used to doing reinterpretations like the resident evil movies and things which are inspired by uh it's just so rare to see i guess you know they had a look at the plot of the game and thought this is good enough for a film what do you what do you think rory do you would you agree um yeah I-
0: to an extent. I, I, I do have my slight misgivings. I did think uh, with the film was, yeah, maybe a bit of a trial uh, at times. Um, ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! Boom. Uh-huh. <laughs> See what I did there. Um, but not to judge it too harshly. <laughs> oh man. I mean, in my oh, defense oh, I gosh. did <laughs> I did watch it in two chunks as well. Um but I think the the issue is that, yes, for, for fans are the ones who are going to get the most out of it, but fans will also be the most familiar with the twists and turns. I think actually, you know, in our situation, having not played the game for a very long time, that was maybe the optimum thing where it's like fondness for the characters and the world, but forgetting the intricacies of the story. So the revelations are kind of, you know, like the twists and turns are more interesting because of it. I mean, the game is called you know, turn about trial and like the the way the trials take place is like the back and forth, the evidence, you know, twisting the new thing on its head. And then it's just like, oh, but that doesn't prove this. And then it's just like, well, how am I going to prove that? And I think the film does a good job of selling that. Um, but yeah, I was just hoping for a little bit more flavour, a bit more kind of like uh, just maybe it doesn't need to be sort of like paced differently, but I would just like – I think it's it is missing that music. I think like because so much of it is mm-hmm. trials. I think you want that kind of like energy going through those situations and and seeing Phoenix kind of like fumble around mm-hmm. quite a lot was maybe getting a little bit tedious for me. Mm-hmm. Um but I, I think is actually the the actors who played Phoenix and Maya uh reprised the roles for the Phoenix Wright Professor Layton game, mm-hmm. they did the Japanese voiceovers They did uh, oh. for that, which, which is mm-hmm. interesting. But uh, I actually did watch an episode of the anime, because I have a subscription to Funimation, which is lapsing, and it turns out they have, I think, a few episodes from season two of Phoenix Wright, you know, animation. And I think maybe it works better because of the nature of the trials, and because it's episodic, and you know the animation looks almost identical to the games. The character design looks almost identical to the games. In a way, I don't know whether that makes it more redundant because it's almost the same thing. But at the same time, I think I would appreciate it more because I wouldn't get stuck. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I can just like enjoy the story and characters without worrying about: Am I presenting the evidence at the right time? Am I going to get a penalty or or what? So maybe for me, the optimum Phoenix Wright experience is actually. Um, just watching the anime sometime, although or a speed I, run, I, I, or a speed <laughs> run I, if I can read very quickly. But you know, I'm looking forward to Ace Attorney Chronicles. I'll perhaps if there's a demo for that, maybe I'll give that a go, and that will entice me further. But um, what 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 make you of Ace Attorney the movie, Anthony?
2: Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm I'm sort of I, I had a good time with it in general. Um. I think. What you said is right, Rory. It's been enough time where um, watching the cases and sort of having a vague understanding of the connect- how they're connected in the game um, made it interesting to watch. Um, you know, seeing how they got from one story beat to the next. Um, it was a bit jarring how it, it did feel kind of at odds with itself, where it wanted to be zany and wacky, but it, like you said, it it, it lacked a bit of energy and it didn't it didn't want to commit all the way. I, I would have loved to have seen more of. Um, yeah, just more back and forth, more intensity in the court scene cases, because I think that's, at least for me, um, that's part of the experience. That's part of the Ace Attorney experience. It's, it's the back and forth. It's the jokes. It's, you know, um, I'm still a little, you know, while the, while what they did with the judges was good, I I do feel that it's a missed opportunity. I would have loved to have seen a more sort of zany judge, um, you know, present to kind of give them more feel of, give more of a feel like the games. Um, but I think they did the best they could given how, I mean, how long the first Ace Attorney game is, how many cases there are, and how much time you spend with the characters in one game. They did a really good job of just getting the characters right, um, you know, for for how little time you have in a film versus, you know, the hours you spend in a game. Um, the outfits were amazing. <laughs> um, <laughs> The out- outfits were amazing. Uh, the wigs were ironically amazing. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, I-, I had a blast, I think, in terms of um, video game adaptations. Yeah, this is probably one of the better ones. Um, they they really they played the games and said, yeah, let's do that. And, and they did. Mm. It-, it didn't feel um, it didn't feel like they were just grabbing the name and then just saying, all right, now I'm going to go write my own sort of fanfic on what I think ace attorney is yeah. um i'm looking at you resident evil series <laughs> um <laughs> I'm, I'm side-eyeing it very hard <laughs> um so
1: it, it reminds me sort of in uh, we talked we are under Shane's fans of the dead or alive movie and i think one thing we really enjoyed about that film is that it's it's there to have fun and i think this film is here to have fun yeah thumbs up <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on the whole not guilty. Yeah, not guilty. Get the confetti. Yeah. Woo.
2: Woo. Guilty of
0: entertaining you. Ooh. Yes. Yeah. There you go. Is that
2: a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know. <laughs> you got to well, you got to flip it on its head, Harry. That's
0: Yeah. Jack attend that. Mm. Shit. Captain. <laughs> That's closing the case on
1: I think I said that for Detective Peepertoo as well. But that still works. <laughs> That's us closing the they don't say case closed in a courtroom, do they? I don't know i should have uh
0: court adjourned that. court there, adjourned there
1: okay we are adjour- we uh, the court is now adjourned on phoenix right the movie or it's just called ace attorney isn't it that's ace really attorney. bizarre just called ace attorney well that is uh that's us adjourned um until next time how can people keep in touch with gains and film
0: you can find information about video game movies and the podcast on our website, gamesonfilm.witsite.com slash podcast. We're on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at gamesonfilmpod. You can find all episodes of the show on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, indeed, wherever you get your podcasts. So please like, rate, review, share, and subscribe. And you can email us, gamesonfilmpod at gmail.com. The music for the podcast was also composed by David Lightfoot. Uh, you can find me on Twitter individually. I'm at Rory Steele.
1: I'm at only man who
0: can. Do uh, does
1: Anthony wanna yes. tell us about himself at all? Uh, or is Rory about to tee that up? <laughs>
2: Um, I mean, you can find me on social media. I do have a Twitter account uh, at Tony Figs. Um, I, I post when I can, mostly retweets, um, occasional sort of random thoughts on video games and localization uh, here and there. And yeah, that's pretty much the majority of where I hang out when I'm when I'm not sort of enveloped in various fandoms uh <laughs> I, I find myself in the final fantasy fandom quite a lot these days uh <laughs> and uh posting on discord and whatnot
0: well we've got a bunch of final fantasy movies that uh we're yet to sort of do we've done the spirits within but oh uh, obviously that's that's not really ripped the band very off final
1: fantasy
2: course, huh? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah maybe maybe you could shepherd us through the final fantasy at one point well, I just want to say thank you very much, Anthony, for joining us as our special guest and sharing your insights into Phoenix Wright and localization. And I think great to have uh, your thoughts on the movie. It was uh, uh, really great to like, particularly with a sort of Japanese film and how it's sort of presented to, to Western audiences as well. I think uh, uh, it was great to have you on board for the episode yeah
2: thank you so much for having me and you know if, if if anyone out there hasn't played the ace attorney series um you know and this movie you know if you like the movie i mean play the games for sure it's they're a lot of fun they're low it's a low barrier to entry um you know you don't have to be good at games to to get through them and it's a wild ride <laughs> so and they're well translated the 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 main trilogy um yeah it's it's really fun witty writing from that team, so highly recommend it yeah, yeah.
0: Thank you, uh, everyone, for listening, and uh, we'll see you... uh, I just... Well, I'll just start again. We'll Well, see you you. in
1: court. (laughs) Oh, no.
0: Oh, no. Oh, God. By listening to this podcast...
2: (laughs) What legal agreements have the the listeners gone into now? Oh, God. (laughs)
1: This is the only podcast with an NDA.
2: Oh, no. (laughs) By listening to this podcast, you have agreed, too. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, Yeah. Well, thanks very much for listening and making it uh, through the podcast. And we promise not to press charges. Um, (laughs) And uh, we'll catch you next.
1: More more legalese before we wrap up. (laughs) Objection! No, we gotta go, we gotta go, we've got things to do. Thanks so much for listening. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.